Hello and welcome to The Pulse, MVC's podcast to encourage and equip you for your journey of faith and to keep you in the loop on what's going on around the church. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 168 of The Pulse. David Miles here, and today I am so excited to sit down with two friends, to educators, to parents, to talk about ways that we can help walk through this weird school year. Today I'm sitting down with Michelle Jackson. Michelle is a friend, a small group um, member of the small group that I'm a part of. Bill Weiss has been a part of many different teams here at NBC for a long time. I'd love for each of you just to kind of introduce yourselves before we get into this conversation so people who are listening know kind of your background, your history, because you both bring great insights to the table, which is why you're here today. So, Michelle, for those listening, give everybody a little rundown of who you are and your your experience. Sure. Um, I am a parent, um, and right now I'm a full-time parent, which has been really handy in this season. Um, has really just been a blessing to us. Um, and I also, uh, when we lived in California, I taught math. I taught both public school, I taught private school, um, and I taught middle school and high school. So I have a little bit of experience in each of those realms. Yeah. And you're saying you're just kind of reaching that six year mark of being out of the classroom after having been in the classroom for six years. Sure. Yeah. That's so great. it's kind of a balance between full-time mom and full-time teacher. Absolutely. And Bill? See, I've been, I'm currently a, a new principal at Mapleview Middle School, um, Taught a bunch of years of science at the high school, um, and then took on some some various roles. Um, got uh, the father of two daughters, one that is uh, Gracie. Um, she's a junior this year, and then I have a fifth grader, Emery, and then um, great kids. Yeah, they're doing awesome. <laughs> um, and then my wife Jessica, she's uh, she's working from home remotely as a as a therapist. So um, that's kind of what it's looking like. Right yeah, now. that's fantastic. I will just say that I feel like I need this conversation as much as anybody. Mm. We've, we're recording this kind of a week prior to dropping this. So this is the first Thursday of the school year. So last, when you're listening to this, it'll be at least a week prior that we've recorded this. And we're three days into the school year. I feel like we've had one day that was a win, mm. one day that was a loss, and one day that was kind of somewhere in between. It's a tie, if you will. So one, one, and one. The first day was fantastic. The second day was a struggle, and today was somewhere in between. Um, and I'm sure that as you have navigated the last few days, you've had moments that have been great. You've probably had some challenging moments. Um, at the end of the day, my goal is that whoever listens to this is going to be able to take away some thoughts, some ideas to help them navigate through all this. Not that any one piece of information is going to be the end-all, be-all, that there's any you know, silver bullets, but that this is a, a conversation to resource people. And so I think one of the one of the questions that I would love to hear some thoughts on is how can we best support our children in the midst of all of this? This is something that's totally unfamiliar for everybody, but in for in particular for students, for kids, this is a real big shakeup. You know, they haven't been on conference calls before. Um, and so trying to learn remotely is a big challenge. In your opinion, how do you feel like we can kind of help support our children as they're walking through all of this? Bill, what do you think? You know, this is from a, the role of a husband and a father and now an administrator supporting teachers that are, you know, struggling with this whole new environment, new method too. Um, 
one of our big emphasis has been on self-care um, and that teachers are going to be better teachers um, when they practice self-care routines. Sure. Um, I think the same goes for parents too. Um, it can be exhausting being a parent, especially in these new times, but um, you know, we are better parents, um, better husbands, better wives when we, when our cups are filled. Sure. Um, and I think what my concern is in these times where we're kind of scrambling all the time um, and uh, we're not able to take that time um, to create some breathing space so we can be thoughtful as parents, as educators, as spouses. So I think more than ever, there's, it's this kind of competing thing where you're fighting to solve the quick problems and, you know, the, the chaos is hitting and all that, but um, we can't lose sight of the times that it's important to pause, slow down, um, and fill your cup up. Yeah, that's good. It's something that, that I think Pastor Pete actually mentioned in his sermon also a couple weeks ago, how there's no more important relationship than that re- relationship that you have with your spouse if you're married. Yeah. And that probably plays itself out in these circumstances as well. If, if you and your spouse aren't on the same page, if you're both drained, your ability to invest in your kids is really going to be hampered as well. Michelle, what do you think? Um, well, with... Um Elementary age kids, I really find, especially, um, we have a second grader, and she doesn't say, this is really hard for me, I miss my friends. She lies down on the floor and says, I can't possibly clean up the living room. Hmm. Um, And so I think that um, not taking things at face value has been really important, just saying, okay, this is not a behavior that we expect from you, this is not the way that you usually act, this is not who you are, but also recognizing that that is her way of saying, this is a lot for me. I want to be in school meeting my teacher. I wish that I was doing things differently. I miss riding the bus. She won't say it in that many words. Yeah. Um, So for us, the, I guess the motto that we've had is um, firm limits set with empathy Hmm. because we know that those firm boundaries, those things where we say, hey, this is a school day. No, we're not turning on the TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But Also saying, we know that you wish you could be there with your friends, and here are some things you can do, and here's what the school day will look like, and we know those boundaries really help kids feel safe, and the empathy helps them feel loved. And so those two things together kind of go, okay, you are safe here in this space, and you are loved, and all these things that you're missing, it's okay to miss them, but it's not okay to treat your family badly because you miss them, so let's figure out where you can channel that negative feeling that you're dealing with so good so firm boundaries with empathy firm boundaries i love that i need some firm boundaries with empathy in my my (laughs) as well so so good you brought up something michelle that i think is really important and it's one of those things that um my wife monica and i have have i think we wrestle with on a regular basis is how in the midst of those times when there are behaviors or actions that we know aren't typical when we know that our kids are wrestling with something, but they're not open to sharing what that is, or they can't necessarily even identify what what it is that they're feeling. And and maybe you don't have thoughts on this. I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot with this question, but do you have any thoughts on how to engage children in, in conversation to draw out some of those thoughts or some of those feelings? You know, Dave, when we were talking about praying a little bit, and you were sharing me some of those challenges you were having, I thought, um, exactly what you did when you talked about just sharing with your kids some of your own personal struggles, you know, and modeling mm-hmm. like it's okay to not have it figured out, and um, it's okay to share with your kids that as a parent you're struggling with some of this. And I think modeling that to show that it's 
it's okay to talk about your challenges and struggles. I think too often as parents, we feel like we got to have our acts together and, and that if we're not modeling that all the time with kids, I, I don't know if that's the best thing. Yeah. So I think those strategies of, you know, telling kids, this is tough, I'm tired. And, you know, I imagine you feel that way too. I think that opens the door for them to feel like they don't have to have their A game all the time and they're okay and comfortable, mm-hmm. um, you know, sharing some of their challenges. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's good because let me tell you, I don't have my A game all the time. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I was telling Bill before we started, you know, I went to bed last night feeling really discouraged yeah. just by how I navigated things yesterday, feeling frustrated and, and not sure how to engage in conversations after some of those boundaries were sure. kind of set. And, and I think what I thought were empathetic ways, but they still weren't you know, adhered to or, or they were pushed and then feeling like I didn't respond necessarily in the best way, in an empathetic sure. way. And so feeling some of that, that frustration, I would imagine there are, I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but I'm guessing I'm probably not the only parent <laughs> that has felt that over the last, you know, several days here. So what thoughts, what insights do you have for parents that might be feeling like I am just, I'm in over my head. I'm not equipped to do this. Um, I think knowing that we're in it together is really huge that, that almost every parent is saying this is a lot and we have families in so many different situations um, having two full time working parents having parents who have to do their jobs outside the home um, there's so many situations where parents are just going this is too much and yeah. it, it's totally unprecedented so you're not individually failing at this or struggling with this or whatever. We're doing this together and everybody's got shortfalls. And um, I definitely have a hard time with that perfectionist kind of a streak. And so to say, I have to let some stuff go. Right. I have to say this isn't going to be the most perfect virtual school year <laughs> ever. But that um, sticking to the basics, kind of drilling down to yeah. do my kids feel safe and supported and loved? Okay, then then some things can go. Yeah. Um, and you kind of just have to pick what those things are and what your essentials are that you're not going to let go. And, sure. and that's, I think the best that we can do in a very, very strange time. Yeah. I really, I, the piece that Michelle talked about that, um, we're not, you're not on an Island. You know, the, the theme that we're, it is our teachers are feeling similar, you know, in the building too. They're like, how are we going to do this? This is, you know, they, they feed off that energy, that interpersonal sure. interaction they're not getting now. And, um, you know, our theme in our school is this arms locked, hearts full mentality. And we, when we talk about arms locked, it's about that partnering with parents, partnering with teachers, parents, community members, partnering with community members, because we all have to do this together. Um, and if I, that's the, I think that's just super wise advice is to, to reach out, see how other families are doing it. I'm hearing every family's got their own unique story. Absolutely. Successes and challenges. And um, more than ever, being vulnerable and opening, open to listening how different ways and different people are doing it. Um, uh, because there isn't a script for this right now. Right. You know? And I'm listening as an administrator. You know, I just listening to you, David. Was That was just impactful for me, like, what these parents are going through. Um, and so, you know, so I can share that advice with somebody else. And I think as parents, we have to, you know, share advice and listen to, and that, uh, I mean, I think that's the only way we're going to get through this. Yeah. It's not, you cannot be on an island. We weren't meant to live on an island. You sure. know, we're meant to live in community and more than ever. This, I think it's going to be, you know, how we get through this. Yeah. Absolutely. So Bill, you wear kind of these three hats. You're an administrator. Yeah. You've been a teacher. You're a parent here. 
kind of coming back to what Michelle was saying, kind of in terms of those those essential things that you're hoping a child takes away from this year. Some things are kind of kind of going to kind of go by the wayside. Not everything is going to be perfect. If I can put you on the spot for you personally, kind of looking through all three of those lenses, what for your kids? What would be the three thing or the things that that maybe you really would hope that they'd walk away? Obviously, you want them to learn. You're an educator. You're an administrator, but you're also a dad. You know, if you could really focus on those essential things at the end of the day, what are you hoping that your daughters yeah. walk away from this with this this That's school a year? Great question. One of the things I, you know, I'm telling my staff, and I, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is I think there's when we get through this, um, I think there's going to be pieces of what we're doing now that we'll never want to let go of. Mm-hmm. We've been challenged as a system to create these new teaching strategies and systems that we never would have thought about. Um, but I think when we're all said and done, we're like, I really like that. I don't ever want to let go of that. Um, the piece that's, I think, most concerning to me as a parent is just, you know, and as a middle school administrator, the, that social piece, that interaction, and that learning how to, I mean, kids are, need to learn how to do empathy. Yeah. That takes practice. That takes struggle. And um, that's my biggest concern and wonder and thinking about as, as a parent is how do I, how do my kids learn that on the screen? And, hmm. um, and how do I create opportunities? Um for those interpersonal, those soft skills, um, where they're, you know, those recess interactions, you know, where you have to wait your turn right. to get on the play set. And, and I know you can create, simulate some of those things, but um, as a parent, that's my biggest concern, like with, specifically with Emery, you know, how hmm. is she gonna, to learn to, to socialize and, you know, what do you do when you feel envious and you gotta work through that? Um, and I feel like we're skipping some of that stuff. And that's, sure. That's the part that I'm, that's on my radar. I don't have any answers for that yet. Yeah. But I'm, you know, that's my conversation with my wife, Jessica. Is like, how are we going to create some of those opportunities? Um, so that's something I think to be mindful. I've heard we're not a part of them. I've heard these pods that are forming where families mm-hmm. are kind of working together in small groups. Yeah. Um, you know, done safely. I think, man, I'm, I, that sounds like one really smart strategy mm-hmm. you know, where kids are getting a chance to go through it together, you know. Um, I think families that have multiple kids at home get a benefit from that a little bit. Yeah, that's good. So we know that both parents and teachers and students are all struggling with various aspects of this. For children particularly, how would you suggest walking with a child who's maybe really struggling with this? Obviously, those boundaries and the empathy are really important. But for a kid that's really having a, a tough time are there any thoughts that you might be able to share on how to encourage that child or, or walk with that child to, to encourage them to participate, to give their best, to, to view this experience in a, in a more positive sort of way? It's a big question. I know. Uh, I, you know, every one thing I'm learning is every family situation is completely unique. Um, but one of the things I talk to parents is, you know, what really defining what success looks like at home. Um, and it's got to be more than just, you know, successfully clicking the right button, but, you know, and making it visual for kids incrementally, like pick out some short victories um, and put them on a chart board for your, especially the elementary kids, so they can see like, okay, I had some success today. Yeah. Almost create your own report card at home, like where they're seeing it, like, okay. And, uh, and it's more than just making it for two hours. It might be, hey, I, for 15 minutes, I was on task, <laughs> you know, and that's victory. That can be yeah. a huge win. Yeah, you know, and really going, this really this growth mindset, um, strength-based approach, I think is, 
that's how I would attack it with little ones um, because some of the, the tasks that teachers and assistants have put in front of families, it's, it's daunting, you know. Yeah. And for success to be the whole day go well, that's just, I don't think that's realistic. Yeah. But man, we had a great 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's string two of those together. You that's know? right. But make it visual. Sure. Whatever that is at home, too. Like, okay. I see one check. I want two tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, piggybacking off of that, I yeah. was actually reading something from uh, somebody who's got a couple of kids with ADHD, mm-hmm. um, and she actually has it herself um, and runs a fantastic parenting page. Um, and one of the things she talked about was how um, people with brains who are wired that way really love the incrementalized things where, like, if you're sitting in a class, you go, oh, this is a 60-minute class. That's just 30 minutes two times. That I just got to get through 15 minutes four times. You know, and that's math, math, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> so there you go. Um, but just that, like, checking the box, the putting the sticker on the chart, the sit- and for a really tough day, she said, don't do this every day, but it's a Friday and you slog through the week, go, okay, every half an hour, a really good work you do, we're going to bring out a Gatorade. We're going to – you can add – 15 minutes to your video game time later tonight. Like, let's sure. let's get through this in the way that we need to because, you know, you don't want to be a parent who's constantly having to dangle carrots in front of your kids to get them to do the things that you want them to be internally motivated to do. Right. Um, but there are some things where you go, you know, this is just, it's a weird time. This is not usual school. You sure. don't have the peers around you who are all doing the same thing. You don't have the same face-to-face relationship with your teachers that you're used to having that is so motivational. So yeah, let's throw some extra motivation into the mix. Let's make this something where we can do it together. Yeah, that's really good. As our kids are working at home, you know, we're already into the school year at this point and, and families probably have some setups in place for kids to work. But are there some things that you would potentially recommend for having a, a workspace that is set up to really uh, help facilitate success for us. We we aren't having our kids work in their rooms just because there are so many distractions and those sorts of things. So we got a couple of the folding tables, and those are set up one in the living room, one in the family room. And they don't have all their toys and those things around. That was one of the things that we tried to do in order to help set them up for success. Are there other things that you can think of that might be helpful in terms of their actual workspace that that parents could do? Our setup is real similar to yours, David. Um, we have her on a computer in a shared family space with mm-hmm. a desk and kind of all of her school stuff right there. Um, the two things that I would kind of add to that, um, one, we made a couple posters. One is, here's your schedule for the day, and I'm trying to not be a taskmaster about mm-hmm. it, so I want to let her, as a second grader, as much as she can, um, take hold of that schedule. Sure. The second thing we did is we brainstormed on the first day of school. What are things that you can do if you're finished? Like every teacher has up in their room yeah. a sign that says, hey, if you're finished early, you can do this. I went, we need some of that in our house. Amen. Um, so it has things like you can work on code.org curriculum. You can read a book, those very academic things. But mm-hmm. it also has, you can play with your baby sister. You can ask mom to play a board game. You can make a snack. You can call a relative. So... They're all things that aren't going to pull huge amounts of focus from the school day. Mm-hmm. It's never, you know, hey, you're going to go watch an hour of TV right now. Um, so we understand that from, you know, 9 in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon, this is your school time. Yeah. And you might have downtime within that where you can go and do things. But that list, being able to kind of send her to that and say, here are some options. You thought of half of them, so let's not complain about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think having those two things, the schedule and the options right at hand, have really 
now it's been three days. So who knows if I'll still think that that's the essentials um, two weeks from now. But that's really kind of set us up for success, at least at the beginning. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, listening to Michelle, I I really liked how she talked about how she kind of partnered with her kid and listened to your kids, too, and had them be a part of the solution. And I'm I'm hearing a lot of that. You know, we got our desk space, and I've heard teachers that have really bought teacher, you know, desks just similar to school, and they wanted to... And, you know, I think there's sometimes we can take that too far. And um, and I think just getting to know the learning style of your kid, too, because what may work well for one of your kids may not work for the other. Right. And the last thing you want to do is put them in a situation where they're not comfortable and try to force that on them. Um, you know, so I, I think you're really listening and watching because they may need a change up, too. You know, and you think of elementary kids and what their day looks like. They're they're sitting on the carpet some days. You know, and that's when their best learning is being read to on a carpet. So sure. I think we need to be a little careful sometimes. Is I mean, you know, we, we have the same thing at home, but that it's got to be at this desk. And I, I like the idea that there's this this constant, consistent, like, place, like the switch flips and this is school. Yeah. Uh, but that, I think that could look different for different kids, you know. Uh, yeah, really that's different. great. I think about the type of learner I was when I was a kid. I needed to be moving around, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that that's how I benefited when I was little, so. Yeah, that's good. How do you, and this probably depends on the individual teacher, do you feel like teachers, especially on the younger end, would be open and receptive to, you know, if a kid isn't just sitting in their chair, if they're kind of up back and forth a little bit, do you feel like they would be comfortable with that, or is that something that a parent, if they feel like their their child really needs to be able to move a little bit more, they should have that conversation with the teacher? Do you think the teachers are kind of prepared for that and open to that taking place? I would sure hope so. Yeah, any, any teacher I've talked to, would, yeah, would, that would, yeah, that's just that's teaching one hundred and one. Yeah, me. yeah, you let, yeah. I think that's pretty standard in most classrooms. Yeah. So you kind of expect, and they realize, especially the younger kids, that it's not developmentally appropriate for them right. to be sitting in front of screens sure. as many hours a day. So, um, I think our expectation is that hey, when you're having a class meeting, let's be in this space, mm-hmm. and then every once in a while, gosh, you can take your seesaw app on the iPad, and yeah, come sit in your sister's room with us while I'm folding laundry. Yeah. Um, and I realize it's a huge privilege to have a parent home that's able to say you can do that. There's so many different things um, and situations that families can be in. But let's say, you know, for morning meeting, let's be here and focused and have headphones on and kind of start your day well. And then maybe do some more flexibility with different kinds of assignments. And my hope is that the things that are getting assigned are not always going to be 100%. Maybe you turn it in on the screen, but mm-hmm. maybe you're grabbing a sheet of paper and, I don't know, sitting outside while it's still sunny right. out here. Sure. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. If you were to, um, I guess Bill in particular, as you're, you've been in all these conversations with Tahoma teachers and and you know administration faculty, what would you say are maybe a couple of the key things for parents to keep in mind as we're kind of getting into the flow of this? What are some of the things that you know maybe? maybe a family doesn't realize in terms of the thought process that has gone into this or, or ways in which, especially for us as, as a part of this church family, that we can be praying for, you know, teachers and administrators. Well, I, you know, that uh, the teachers are parents too, you know, um, and I, I, you know, I, teachers are real people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but those are my, my biggest, my, I was sharing with you, my channel, the, the teachers that have little ones at home, yeah. they don't have a good daycare option and they want to be great parents. They want to be great teachers. Those are the ones I'm. I my heart is just aching for. I don't have good answers for them because sure. they want to do a great job connecting with all of your little kiddos out there. 
but they also want to be great moms or great dads too. And they're like, they're not feeling like they're doing a great job at either one. So, you know, one of the messages I just give, you know, share with the community again, it's just in our community has been just so incredible about just giving grace, you know, and it's a two way piece. And, uh, that's been one of the most encouraging things, um, for the Maple View middle school communities. I feel like the parents have given our teachers so much grace and encouragement. Um, because our teachers have worked harder than they ever have mm-hmm. um, these last three months, and they are, you know, stressed out, and they still have a deep desire to connect with kids and, you know, promote good instruction. Um, so I think, you know, just that, that just encouragement, empathy, grace, um, you know, opportunities. The best opportunities to give those are in challenging times. Sure. You know, yeah. and we're in that right now. Yeah. You know, challenging times. You know, are opportunities to create strong partnerships, strong trust. Um, and so that's what I'm seeing now. We're having communications with, with parents and community members that we never had before. Yeah. You know? um, and so that's one of those pieces that I think is going to be lasting as we work out of this is we're going to have just really much stronger relationships that are going to really just benefit everybody. Yeah, that's great. I have two more questions for you guys. The first one um, kind of relates to homeschooling. We've kind of talked a lot about the school district and and kids that are in school, in particular Tahoma, because that's the district that we're in. But for those families that have decided this year to homeschool and might be doing this for the very first time, as educators, are there some some real nuggets of wisdom or things that could be really helpful for a parent that is stepping into teaching for the very first time? They don't necessarily have that educational background. Are there a couple couple ideas or or thoughts that you could share with them because they're they're navigating different challenges than than the kids that are doing the online remote learning, um, but we recognize that that they're probably feeling a lot of the inadequacy inade- and, and the stress and all those sorts of things. So, any thoughts that you could share with them? I think um, one of the huge benefits of homeschooling is that. Um, it's public school's job to provide every kid with an equitable education that is as close to what they need as it can be. But it's impossible to perfectly meet every family's individual needs in that way. You have to kind of do something that meets the most needs of the most people. Hmm. Um, and the, a huge benefit of homeschooling is that you do get to focus on your particular kid and you do get to focus on um, their strengths. So what I would say is this is not a normal homeschooling year. Yeah. If, especially if this is the first time you're doing it, your kids know you're homeschooling because their regular school is not the same as it was going to be this year. Um, and I would say that this would be a really fantastic opportunity to dive into something that they're passionate about, to find something that your kid really loves and say, we're going to just dig deep in this because a lot of what traditional schooling cannot do in exactly the same way as homeschool is it it has to go so broad that sometimes it can't go so deep sure so it's just a fantastic opportunity to say we're not trying to do the same thing as your other school and you might have a little bit of catching up to do in certain areas if we decide to go back or if we decide to homeschool forever there's there's so many different options here but let's find something that you love that you're passionate about i've got a friend who's just started homeschooling her kids who's five-year-old is super into bugs and they're just Mm. catching all kinds of different, you know, and in a, in a traditional school setting, you might get to do a little bit of that, but let's, let's see it as a blessing and an opportunity to help these kids feed their passions. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. We have some, a family of of five homeschool kids that live next door to us. Mm. 
And one of the things that they're doing, I'm not sure if it's for an assignment, I think it might be, but they're doing a, a cul-de-sac newspaper. So all the neighborhood kids can submit articles and jokes and, you know, artwork and whatever. And I think it's once a month, they're going to compile it all, put it That's together cool. in a newspaper and pass it around, That's you know, to awesome. the neighborhood, which is super, super great. Really, really love that. Bill, do you have any other thoughts? You know, I, I think one of the things was we, when we were going through this process um, as administrators back when we kind of were, when the writing was on the wall is when we were trying to just get all the data. We, you know, we brought in homeschool people that were very um, knowledgeable of it because there's there's some good networks out there. Sure. Um, and that's one thing with homeschooling. I think people that haven't done it may realize is that you aren't necessarily on an island. There's there's networks out there that you can learn from. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's the piece I would always say is, you know, if there's opportunities to learn how other people are doing it. Um, but I, you know, I, um, I, I think there's, a, there's some real opportunities to, for that to go well. Um, but I think, I guess that's the piece I would add is just taking advantage of those homeschool networks are out there. And, um, you know, I think the challenge sometimes can be is being a parent and a teacher at the same time, right? Like kids don't want to listen to their parents at school. They don't want to listen to their parents as a coach, but, yeah. um, Forming those pod systems, if you can do that safely, I think, you know, where you're having parents switch off roles and teachers, I think that can be good. So kids are hearing, are learning how to learn from different people too. Sure. I think that's a good skill to think about. Yeah, that's great. One last question for you. You know, in talking about this, um, we're all navigating this as um, married people with with kids at home. There is a degree of flexibility with with some of our our jobs and, and whatnot. There are lots of families, though, that are not, you know, they're, they're single parent families. There are families that don't have the same sort of flexibility with work, um, especially for maybe a single parent that doesn't have flexibility with work. Bill, are there resources in the district that you really want to make sure that those families are aware of, whether it's meal programs or, or you know, counseling support, those sorts of things? Are there things that we really want to make sure that these families know are available to them because they're facing different challenges than than even any one of us are. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, we I, that you know the equity gap has always existed. Uh, we saw in the spring that it got when we went you know all remote, it got bigger and it got louder. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that you know, I think that one of the silver linings is some rocks have been lifted that I think have always been there, but now we're really seeing these things surface, and so it's forced us to come up with some solutions that are in process right now. Um, yeah, well, there's a ton of them I, you know, I, that, that, um, that we're working on and navigating through and learning about. Um, you know, I, I think just yesterday, actually, OSPI, their, the lunches now are, have been made free for That's families, um, which has just been awesome. Um, all those resources, this, this, I hate to say this, but if you go to the district website, sure. you know, we've got a dedicated staff that yeah. is... Um, that's working to address those gap that's been that's really clear. There's families that are, that are in need, and uh, we're aware of that. Um, you know, extra Chromebooks, extra hotspots. We're working on um, meal programs. Um, you know, the piece that um, we're the next piece is those really impacted kids that um, we may be able to get some of them in for some small group of in-person mm. learning. Sure. You know, it's it's evolving. I think so. I think as a parent that's in those situations is 
And this is the tough part is usually you're so in over your head, it's hard to even get that information, but looking for it because it's out there. Yeah. And we're trying to find those people too. Sure. But it's, it's sometimes hard to find them. Yeah. If that makes sense. So if you have, if you're listening to this and, and you have some of those needs, please reach out. The or district- or your, your principal. Mm-hmm. Like if yes. anybody emailed me that they yep. needed something, I, that email is going to go to the top of my priority list. Yeah. You know, so if you're at Maple View Middle School <laughs> and you're having a problem, email me. You know, yeah. or call me, and uh, we're going to get support for you right away. Yeah, so good. Well, I'm going to apologize because we've gone like twice as long as what I told you we were going to. <laughs> but the stuff that you guys were sharing was so good. I feel like I can sleep well tonight because I have some other thoughts and ideas and um, stuff to wrestle with and kind of process and and hopefully start to implement here. And hopefully for you listening, hopefully there are some thoughts and ideas and suggestions that can be an encouragement to you. Some good resources. And we know that as you are walking through this, um, you're going to encounter challenges just like we are, Um, those of us sitting around this microphone here. But we are, as you said, Michelle, in this together, walking through this. We're not doing this alone. And there is is some comfort in in knowing that no matter what it looks like, whether you are in public school or private school or homeschooling, whether you're married or single, we're all facing challenges. They may be different. They may vary in degree. But no one is walking through this unscathed, if you will. You know, we all are are navigating some difficulties. And so um, I just want to thank both of you for taking some time to share this this information. I think this is so, so good. I'm really excited to share this with our congregation. And hopefully we can spread this beyond the congregation to the the greater community. um, Because I think you shared some really helpful tips and tricks and ideas, but also general encouragement, which we all need. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for listening to The Pulse. We hope that you'll listen to us again next week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.